Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> That's right, you're on Movies, Movies, Movies. Joining me in the studio, of course, are our film lords, Jack and Andre. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Wait, what? Nothing. I was about to say good morning, and you interrupt. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> We're bickering. We're bickering. I love that. I love that. So, what have we got in store for today? Emotions are high because so much has happened this week. Because we have another public holiday. I know it's exhausting. Like, so who, many. If you need four days public holiday, you need to. Jack, finish my sentence. I, I don't know. I don't know what you have to do, but what you need to do is not post stories about going out last night because I spent like mm. f- half an hour in bed this morning, like when I should be writing my review, <laughs> just scrolling through everyone on their long weekend. There just, was a lot happening. So yeah. much happening. Yeah, I don't mm. acknowledge it. I'm imagining all the people saying, do you want to get brunch again? And someone oh. saying, you say brunch. <laughs> Why don't we just have some brunch in the sun without an umbrella? But on the bright <laughs> side, Movies, Movies, <laughs> Movies is back on public holiday and we have hot goss from the cast of, of Hellboy, we have uh, some bitching from Jean-Luc Godard, as and per we usual. And uh, Gillian Armstrong, I, iconic director on today. More importantly, iconic director. Only the second mainstream female director to be making work in Australia. Mm. Um, Ever. And she was the first in like 50 years. Like the first one was in like the 20s or 30s or something. Wow. And then Gillian Armstrong came along in the 70s and was like the second woman allowed to direct a film in this country. But I'm also very sceptical about saying things like first person first, because you, you never know you never who's know actually what the, making like, things. unspoken history is. Exactly, so exactly. True. But yeah. I think in the mainstream she was only the second woman to make a feature length film. Wow. And we got an interview with her because she's part of a lineup at the Sydney Film Festival but that's for later on in the show. Let's kick off movies, movie news. Movie news. So, the Lord Farquaad of film, Jean-Luc Godard, who is the 88-year-old Swiss director who's famous for just basically creating the French New Wave. He made a film called Breathless in the 60s. He's just like kind of like, he's like the Bob Dylan of film, okay? Just like crusty, old, revered, everyone respects him, but he's just so boring and outdated. But anyway, yet again, he's made a bitchy remark about how Netflix is actually the end of cinema. And he was speaking at a Swiss film festival because they were honouring him with basically just longer serving film director because he's so effing old and outdated. And he basically said, it's official, silent cinema is dead. And it's like, wow, Jean-Luc, thank you. <laughs> thank you, honey. So- so much for letting us know that silent film is dead. Anyway, thanks al- to Netflix. <laughs> also, famously, he was best friends with Agnes Varda, who passed away a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we're all thinking the same thing. World, why did you take Agnes and not this uh, crusty cobweb? Jean-Luc Godard is just jealous of Beyonce's three-picture, sixty million dollar deal with Netflix. Mm. Oh, fully, fully, fully. He's not getting any of that Netflix He's not money. Any of that money because his films are so lame now. Like, famously, the only. Thing I have to say about Goddard at the moment is last year at Sydney Film Festival when I saw the image book, walked in across this woman, opened some chips, and she leant over, grabbed us by the shoulder, and said, "Can you stop fucking rustling?" Mm. <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> I know enough of him. Okay, and now we're never going to speak of him ever again ever on again. radio. But that's okay because we've got it. We've got Mila Jovovich, the star of Resident Evil, Fifth Element, Ultraviolet. She's defended this horrendous reviews of her new film Hellboy, and. Uh, I think we love it when an actor goes ham and just defends, like, a pretty bad movie. Because and, yeah, and 
Speaking of which, actually, I just want to remind, us, remind everyone that Laura Linney from Love Actually, the redhead from Love Actually, loved Love Actually and released an article in The Guardian recently saying, guys, stop asking me if I hate Love Actually. I don't mind that movie. I actually look back on it fondly. Anyway, tell me... It's also... I feel like that's weird, though, because I feel like unanimously people love Love Actually and it's actually kind of punk to not like Love Actually. But what did Miller say mm. about Anyway, she said, you work super hard to make something fun and entertaining and have to absorb the negative reviews by movie critics. But hey, that's showbiz, baby. All I'm going to say before going to bed is this. All my raddest films have been slammed by Christi- critics. It's by Christians. By Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Easter. It's fucking hilarious. Dazed and Confused? Seriously? Classic movie. The Fifth Element? You would have thought that was the worst movie ever made if you read the reviews in, like, 98. Zoolander? Slammed. Joan of Arc? Disaster. Resident Evil? Let's not even go there. Anyway, every one of those films is now a cult classic. Every single one. And this will be two. Mark my words. Okay, I don't have uh, any interest in Mila Jovovich, but this, to me, is classic and beautiful, and I really love how she's organised this tweet and her stream of consciousness about her film. She also looks exactly like Jacinda Ardern in this movie. Oh, Mm. excellent. Uh, Do you know who that is? Very funny, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Heike Lamilajovic. Very funny because you don't know it. (laughs) Just kidding, just (laughs) kidding. Who would know the Cannes lineup in this day and age? So the most important film festival in the world, the Cannes Film Festival, Mm. has dropped its lineup uh, and it's been notorious in the past for not having adequate representation of women Mm. and it being just basically just kind of shoddy in so many different ways. It's it's just like crusty Jean-Luc Godard. It's very traditional. But this year, it's kind of no different, but there are also a few silver linings. There's Uh, like four women, right? There's the first period woman director in the main competition to mm. ever be in the whole festival that's in the main in competition uh, <laughs> that's it's only 2019 <laughs> oh my god fuck the french sorry but, sorry and literally <laughs> we we have a couple of of the films that are screening written on our screen and they're just the famous ones by the famous guys like we got a Werner Herzog documentary filmed in Japan called Family Romance we got a Jim Jamush movie with Chloe Sevigny and Selena Gomez called The Dead Don't Die we got a Xavier Dolan movie Gay Canadian Matthias and Maxim he's kind of back he's kind of back without going away he just did bad movies totally totally I mean every time Khan drops a lineup, the first thing I think about is where's Sofia Coppola okay but just to preface, we are going to be talking about a Coachella film for Ooh. one of our reviews. Yes. And the best Coachella set this year was 100% Rosalia. Mm. Oh, And 100%. Rosalia is making her feature film de- debut in Pedro Amadova's Pain and Glory <gasps> alongside Penelope Cruz. I At Cannes. At Cannes. Mm. I'm so obsessed with her. I'm so excited for that red carpet. I was okay. playing Malamenta <laughs> earlier. Like, she's yeah. phenomenal. And she can dance. Like, you know how, like, I don't want to, you know, say anything bad about, like, female... Dan- like performers and stuff but mm-hmm. I feel like women are expected to dance and some of them is just a bit awkward like Loki do a leap I can't dance love right. her but like she, she can't do it but Rosalia like can move oh my god well, like so out can- dancing her backup dance is amazing we're soon gonna find out if she can slay a performance in a film but I think she mm. would to be honest I think she's yeah. made for this role I think the best film this year is Connell Trura Right. Like, that's my Spice World boss. Ooh, my favourite Spice Girl, Rosemary Harris! <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to two reviews, I think. Is that okay with everyone? Yes. Well, let's have a song. Oh, let's have a, song. have a song? Well, we, we got a request in, didn't we? We got a request from uh-huh. Alex. Crazy. This is uh, this is Movies by Way's Blood, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully it sort of conveys the energy that we have when we watch a good movie. <laughs> a good movie? <laughs> a great movie. What is that? Any movie. Any movie. <laughs> Love that. You're on FBI Radio. Stick around for more Movies, Movies, Movies. This is how it feels to be in love 
reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. How? What I really want to do is be a representative of my race, of the human race. I have a chance to show how kind we can be, how intelligent and generous we can be. I have a chance. Ooh, if you haven't already seen Homecoming or the original live stream of the performance that Beyonce did at Coachella last year, you're probably the kind of loser that watches sport on their phone in public. There's just no one else on earth with the same kind of flawless, godlike, far-reaching, all-encompassing, triple-threat talent reaching for two hours the same heights that the band playing We Can't Stop at the End of Assassination Nation does for one credit sequence. Where were you when you saw Charlie's Angel silhouette of Beyonce Kelly Michelle to Soldier, a pyramid of people behind them reframing her entire oeuvre from the perspective of students at historically black colleges and university? Mother Beyonce creates a universal maximalist artwork on the stage, and in this Netflix movie, it's about the feeling of flow and process and performance rather than how it all happened. Homecoming follows in the wake of Barbara Hammer and Agnes Varda, who we just lost, poetic directors who exerted total control over the work they put out, making room for the beauty of mistakes and for real people. And like Varda, Bay is interested in her collaborators, like Barbara Hammer, she wants to make them immortal in film by overlaying ghostly slow motion footage. Beyonce apparently runs on a treadmill looking at an Oscar, but she's going to win it for Best Direction. Mm, I know. This movie's so nice because it just shows that trying is inspiring as well. And also, like, didn't it make you feel like watching it for the first time? Like, I'd already seen this whole concert Mm. and I thought I was going to find out how it was made and, like, how much money it cost and, like, you know, all the kind of boring ins and outs of, like, putting a show on at Coachella. But then really what it does is really just reminded me of what it was like to watch it for the first time. Mm. And especially because Coachella, I feel like, is becoming such a online streaming festival because you can just watch the whole thing on your computer. I feel like Beyonce's almost kind of proven that, yeah, it is, but you can still make something beautifully artistic. And just the cultural archiving that's happening in this film is so insane. You really get the impression that there's just her entire like you said her oeuvre and her career and her process and her thinking is just all laid out in this beautiful way of just saying in this moment in time this is what I was thinking and this is how I executed my feelings it's just so expressive and it's just so deeply felt and thought and it's just shown in such a beautiful way it's like an artist like really redefining themselves Mm. you know and not not necessarily releasing a whole album in a different direction like really looking back and being like okay like these are the most important things and having really specific guests like she only has Destiny's Child, Jay-Z and Solange on stage mm. and then reframing it's it so from taken, It's taken to this, it's taken up until now to really give Beyonce the opportunity to kind of say, okay, so yeah, I wrote all these pop songs back in the day and they were about, you know, cheating boys and partying and having fun and being lit and now she can actually say, well, you can also see it in this canon, in this context and when we, when I re-show it in this way it's actually about something deeper and more personally felt. In a word, Jack, give it to me. Oh my god, I don't want to say powerful, but powerful. Mm, fair enough, yeah. Is that lame? No, it's fine. No, it's really... no. I could say flawless. Uh, I ah. could say who run the girl world in brackets. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably just say Halo, which I oh. didn't hear in the set, and I was kind of fine with because the set was so optimistic, and she could have played Halo, but it would have been a bit of a downer moment. So, what are you reviewing? Moving on to the actor, I'm going to be reviewing the new Chloe Sevigny show. This is the state's case against Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She's got paraplegia, epilepsy, heart murmur, and she's allergic to sugar. 
Everything I do, I do for her. My mom is my best friend. Ooh, my mom is my best friend. Relatable, <laughs> but not in the same way. Because honestly, the act could just basically be dubbed Middle American Wolf Creek. It's set in mm. Springfield, Missouri. Patricia Arquette plays an abusive mom poisoning her daughter because this is Munchausen by proxy. It's a mental disorder whereby people fabricate illnesses to hold, or where she has fabricated all these illnesses to hold her daughter captive, basically. Remember the mom and daughter in Sharp Objects? Same thing. Remember the music industry and Britney Spears in, 20, in 2007? Same thing. Munchausen by proxy is mummy issues confused with torture. But the question is, in the act, can a weak daughter get up and fuck mom back? <laughs> Directed by a majority of women auteurs and co-starring Chloe Sevigny as a concerned neighbour, the act makes the case for a reality in which we're shown the lives of gummo moms. And Arquette, you know, Arquette won an Oscar for being the world's greatest mom back in the day, but this is a factual Fantasia web series, has her turning her daughter and her life into a fucked up sore trap where she is basically blurring fact and fiction, like the insidious drugs shoved inside her tummy. It's just this crazy document of something that went horribly wrong behind closed doors. Jack, you were commenting on the Chris Lilly haircut that Chloe Sevigny has in this. Are we still vibing that? Uh, yeah, I'm still vibing that haircut. Chloe Sevigny can pull off like everything that Chris Lilly wishes he could. Oh, that's a great great way of silencing Maybe my... not everything. <laughs> I don't think she would try and pull off everything that he tries to pull off. Mm. Back to the act, though. Back to the act. Uh, this is... Oh, it's so insane. And I will just, like, put it on the record that it, the line that you've written in your review does say, but can a weak daughter get up and fight mum back? I know, but that felt... <laughs> but, that felt but I think the problem with that, though, is that it implies that they're... She's not going to fuck It implies that... <laughs> what I think the, the show does really well is that it doesn't actually show the mother and daughter in this kind of conflict or this feud or mm. this power play yeah. it's this codependence that's really scary that mm. eventually turns and yeah. no spoilers here but it turns the mum and the daughter into these psychopaths and then they don't really there's, there's no like revenge in it it's no. more just like at one point they both break and they yeah. just fucking go, this, go nuts the inside of this like plush lifestyle as well and because a lot of it's set between 2000 and 2015 it has this pen 15 aesthetic that I'm completely addicted to right now like this is the real this is the nostalgia I buy into mm where it sort of shows things you grew up with and makes them really uncanny and scary mm. and makes you question your own relationships. Like, I think my girlfriends and I, like, we've all been so addicted to the show because we're like, wow, is that the relationship I have with my parents? Yeah. Is that, like, we definitely do some of those things to each other and play those games. Mm. And, like, it, if anyone's fascinated about this, they should hop onto SBS movies online because there's a film called Compliance about this mm. fast food joint in the middle yes. of America where someone called up the fast food joint pretending to be a cop and basically over the phone controlled all the staff at the restaurant to do all this fucked up crazy shit for the cameras. And mm. that film is starring Anne Dowd, who's in The Handmaid's Tale, mm. which, is on, which is another Hulu show. Hulu's so I feel at. like this is a universe that's been created for us and we are so lucky to be a so it. lucky to be a part of the Hulu universe right now. Okay, so but we're not. Give me Australia, one word <laughs> for the actor. Um, oh, like a toothless. Toothless. Mm. Uh, is I'm, that a drag? It's not meant to be a drag. No, it's not because my drag word is hyphenated gummo mums. Gummo mums. Uh, gummo mums. Oh my god, are you excited to watch the act? I'm so excited. I mean, I've kept up with all the real life stuff when it was all happening. It's insane. It's so crazy. So I'm excited to see it dramatized. Oh Love god. that. Should we go to a song before we go we to our Gillian Armstrong interview? Or? Yeah, I'm so excited to show you guys that Gillian Armstrong as well. Yeah, Who's totally in the act. She should have a Hulu show. Mm, absolutely. Well, stick around for that amazing interview. But first, a song by Sev Deliza. This is Marilyn Monroe, and you're on FBI Radio 94.5. It's true. And this life, I've never been the one. And you lies, I've never been the truth. 
Jack and Andre, our film lords for Movies, Movies, Movies. And it's time for Sydney Spotlight. And you had a wonderful interview this week. We did. Tell me all about it. Well, we had an interview with Gillian Armstrong. And that's all because Sydney Film Festival is programming 10 Australian female-directed films that sort of maybe haven't been ever shown in a lineup together, but mm. it's David Stratton that's done it. It's mm-hmm. between June 5th and 10th, so we're a little bit um, like out and getting mm. in a little bit early, but you mm. can catch iconic films by trailblazing Australian women like Tracy Moffat, Julian Armstrong, Jennifer Kent, and... It's, it's, it's literally called Classic Films by Trailblazing Australian Women Directors. 
Yeah, that wasn't like a genius like sum up from, by us. But um, yeah, we caught up with. Uh, we're, we're trying to catch up with as many filmmakers that are actually on the lineup as we can. We got Gillian Armstrong. We're going to interview Gillian Armstrong that we're going to put up on the podcast. We got awesome. an interview with uh, Anna Kokinos uh, coming up this week that yeah. we're going to do. And basically, if for people who want to go to this, it's just an opportunity to see what is considered to be these iconic. Uh, groundbreaking female directors who've worked in Australia and what their films look like. And you can see them in beautiful, restored conditions. And for those who maybe don't know who Gillian Armstrong is, I don't want to, like, gay-splain to, but she was the first woman in 46 years to be able to direct in this country. She was the second woman after the first woman, Mm. and we had to wait 46 years between the first woman and and the second woman, who was Gillian Armstrong. And she directed My Brilliant Career, which is Criterion Approved. Mm. And then she went on to America. Well, she made a bunch Mm. of films here, but she went on to America. One of them's high tide that's in this mm-hmm. this lineup but one of them was little women and that's famously mm-hmm. getting remade this year by greta gerwig who, who made ladybird mm-hmm. and francis hart and that's right yeah. with like mary louise streep and like mm. timothy chalamet is in it as well so i reckon julian armstrong probably made the most famous little women it had winona ryder and kirsten dunce and christian yeah. bell all these like hottie biscottis from america <laughs> and then now greta gerwig is remaking it with timothy chalamet and the producers and the writers from julian armstrong's edition have just moved over to this new one mm. And when we were talking to Jillian about it, she was like, yeah, talk about Shady, how my producers and my writers just ditched. She was, she was like, I thought that they would wait till I died. Yeah. And mm. they didn't. That is some shady shit. <laughs> that is some shady shit on but their behalf. But for those who are interested, tickets yes. are $18 for concession, 21 for adults. But if you want to buy a bunch of tickets to see multiple films, you can get these group of 10 tickets. Mm. And in that case, tickets are only $15. So you're basically paying the price of a movie t- of a regular screening. Mm. But you get to see these truly deliciously non-pixelated, crispy film stock films that are made by ladies. You can go see The Babadook. True, The Babadook's on that lineup. I know. That's a cool thing as well, is that even though a lot of these films are historic and they, they're de- decades old, we've also got some new ones as well. We've got some Don't new worry. Ones. They're all crispy and new. And I would also take this moment to recommend go to fbiradio.com forward slash movies, find our podcast, because yes. we don't just upload this show, we upload our full-length interviews and you can mm. find our ones with like with like Gaspar Noé and this one with Gillian Armstrong that we're talking about is going to go up there later today and Amazing. it's a full 17 minutes. Yes. She's so, so inspiring. She talks about filming in the 70s. She's the first person to be allowed to film inside a queer party. Mm. She filmed like this amazing inspirational film, Saturday Night. We talk about that because it's like a huge inspiration for both of us. And we mm. also talk about her shade on Greta Gerwig and we mm. talk about this film, High Tide. Together for the first time since my brilliant career, Judy Davis stars in a film directed by Gillian Armstrong. High Tide. First up, we wanted to ask how you're actually going today. How am I going today? Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful day in Sydney. Where are you? We're in Sydney too. We're in Redfern. Right. Beautiful day. Gillian, I would think that maybe your films are being shown as kind of the best films, at least the best Australian films. Do you ever think about your work being shown in that way? Well, I mean, I'm completely honoured that a number of my films have just recently been restored by the National Film and Sound Archive and, you know, having like a second life. And by the way, as part of a, a group of 10 women's well, films made by women trail, Australian women trailblazers. Can you talk to us a little bit about High Tide, which has been curated as part of this special lineup of women directors in the Sydney Film Festival? That was um, because I had um, a woman producer, Sandra Levy, woman writer, Laura Jones, and myself. There was always this sort of talk about women doing films about women, and I said, well, we don't have to do that. We can do it from about anything. So we made, made the main character 
a guy who comes across his lost daughter. We'd raised the money, we'd started casting, and then I happened to go out and see an indie film, and it was about this alienated, drifting guy who comes across this young, spirited woman who makes him rethink his life. And I just thought, I've seen this story so many times. You know, it's Paper Moon, it's like a million films. And I got really depressed, and my um, partner said to me, why don't you change it? Why don't you just make this character, John, a girl? And I, so I went, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and, um, and we had to come up with a way of why is this woman going around these coastal towns? And we came up with the idea that she was a backup singer in a sort of tacky band that was doing the clubs. In the end, it was so much braver to have a bad mother. So you know what I've done bad mm-hmm. moments around that time. If I can draw any advice from that story, it's follow your gut because sometimes your gut has the answer. Absolutely. That's my mantra in life. You've got to trust your gut. <laughs> Give us some money. And if none of this tickles your nipples, then you probably eat brunch. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Did we get a text in about <laughs> watching sport in public? Yeah, someone was a bit sad. They're like, watching sport in public makes you a loser. I feel personally attacked. Yeah. No, we're, we're referring to this one person who came to a house party who was watching it on his phone. Well, what if it's that one person? What if it's that one person? I think oh. it is that one person. If you came to a 420 <laughs> party with a bunch of women and yeah. sat at the end of the table as a straight guy and watched the footy. Oh, the footy that of does all does make you a loser. Well. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you can be watching beautiful restored films by iconic <laughs> Australian <laughs> trailblazers <laughs> instead. Oh my God. So, so pikelet. watch this space. We'll have the full yes. interview up uh, in no time. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Very excited to be listening to that interview later on. So that is fbiradio.com forward slash movies. 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 All right. Awesome. Well, check that out. Thank you. I hope you have a lovely Monday. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lovely film lords. All right. We're going to swing to a song by Sydney artist Egoism. It's called Enemies. You're on FBI Radio 94.5. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.